Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to welcome you. And I know you think you should be welcoming me, but I welcome you. Amongst many things, or many reasons why I'm welcoming you with this. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now listen, some of you may not know this, but my mom is from Kwara State. And, and, and not just that, she grew up in this very city. In, in a lorry. So that's why I said, um, if you should welcome me or I should welcome you, I don't know, you know, because some of you just live here, but by extension, I'm from here. Uh, I think you get what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, so as a child, we journeyed here at least six times, you know, for holidays. If you're seeing me for the first time, wave at me. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. If you're seeing me for the first time physically, but not spiritually, like I've ministered to you in a dream before, raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right. The reason I, I say that is because it's one of the strong signs of the apostolic ministry God has given to us. You know, the same way sometimes it works in reverse. Sometimes I see people I've not met before, and some people see me who have not met me before. The same way Paul saw some people in Macedonia saying, come. Sometimes that's how we get an invitation to cities. Some of you show up and say, come. <laughs> well, I'm here. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we're in for a great time. Glory to God. What did I say I'm teaching on tonight? Simple power. And what do I mean by that? I want to talk about how God uses simple people with a simple message to do powerful things. How God uses simple people with a simple message to do powerful things. I know you know this text. This is for many of you the first Bible text you memorized as a child. But open John 3.16. John 3.16. Pastor, I know it by heart. Be humble. Just open it. John 3.16. Have you opened your Bible? Read it together. One, two, go. so loved the world. Listen, Jesus was God's love gift to the world. He loved the world by giving Jesus. He was God's love gift to the world. But listen, this Jesus was such a simple man. Such a simple man. I want to ask you, if you were God and you wanted to send, you know, you wanted to come to the world, how would you come? To what kind of family will you be born? Will you be born to the family of a carpenter? <laughs> what kind of naming ceremony will you have? Some of you, if you were Jesus, you just peep 
from Mary's womb. See, there is a manger, eh? <laughs> you just lock up. You will just turn, turn your head and be sideways. <laughs> when you are ready, call me. When there is room in Transcorp Hilton Hotel, call me. But Jesus didn't do that. How can a man so powerful have come in such a simple way? Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Listen, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know the amount of power it takes to keep a man alive forever without dying, without going old, without deteriorating in any way? How much power does it take to keep your battery on for 24 hours? How much more a human being? Not just for 200 years or 500 years, but forever. That's power. And listen, listen, listen. All you need is to believe in this man. And unfortunately, there was nothing physically extraordinary about this man. He didn't carry a halo over his head. His face wasn't radiant, predominantly radiant. He looked normal like everyone else. No wonder John said he came unto his own, his own did not receive him. But he says, as many as received him, to them he gave power to be called the sons of God. You know, I, 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 there's just so many things like I struggle to wrap my mind around. This Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. But he didn't fall as a full grown man from heaven. He had a process. He was in the womb nine months. His own tenure in the womb was not two days since he's the son of God. He did the nine months complete. Was born like anyone else. There was nothing dramatic about his birth. You would have expected when he was born, instead of crying, he would just, matoko, protoko, you know? But he didn't do that. He was born, listen, at two days old, was he the son of God or not? At Five months old, was he the son of God or not? At eight years old, was he the son of God or not? Now, imagine you an adult seeing eight-year-old Jesus as the son of God. Even 20-year-old Jesus as the son of God. Even 30, an African man honoring grace on a 30-year-old man. This is not always the case. Are you getting what I'm saying? Listen, I'm training you. Listen, what I'm about to teach you will open the anointing in your life. There is a training where Paul says, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. He says, once upon a time, we knew men after the flesh, but henceforth. Even Jesus, we knew him after the flesh, but know we him no more. It's a training. One of the greatest stories in all the Bible is the story of the wise men. Not because they gave gifts or any such thing. But just think about it. These men are minding their business and then they catch somehow that there is a king, a child that is born who is going to be the king of the Jews. These men are influential men. Very likely men of means because they gave gold. They leave everything they are doing. They start journeying. And just think about it. The kind of exposure they had, the kind of influence they had, now, they are led to a manger. A manger. What do you think a manger looks like? That's not the question. 
What do you think a manger smells like? And mind you, Joseph and Mary did not know they were going to have visitors, so they didn't have time to prepare. You know that thing you do when, you hear, when your friend calls you, I'm coming home, you just quickly. No heads up! So they met them as you are. You understand what I mean? The place was as stinky as ever, you know, with urine, with feces, with poop. All those fine pictures you saw on Christmas cards, is a lie, yo. They must have been dodging poop like this. You know? <laughs> Watching your step. Watch it. You don't step on shit. <laughs> the God of the Bible likes to do extraordinary things with ordinary people. And so if you are ordinary, if no one ever considered you special, if no one ever considered anything good coming out of you, know for sure that it is people like you that God likes to demonstrate his strength in. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you were already powerful, already popular, if God uses you, maybe people will say, eh, he was already popular before. But when someone who was a write-off begins to demonstrate the power of God, then they will know for sure that this is the power of God at work. Come on, are you with me? Any Body like that here who is ready to see the power of God at work in his or her life. God is going to do something in your life that will cause the ears of them that hear to tingle. People will not be able, you know, to match who you are or who you are about to be from where you are coming from. Because there will be a great difference. Listen, the glory of God is about to make you a new man. I said the glory of God is about to make you a new man. Listen, I'm speaking metaphorically and prophetically. The perfume on your life is about to change for the better. Your aura is about to change for the better. It's a training. And you see, God has made me a sign to you. A sign. Let me tell you something. Sometimes when I look at the fathers of faith, if you're not careful, you just wonder, can I ever be like this? When Daddy Jesus says, let someone shout hallelujah. You know, have you ever caught yourself wondering if these people are in touch with natural realities at all? Have you ever, there was a time, of course I was a lot younger, I was just like, I can't imagine this man eats. I can't imagine this man sleep and forgive me, forgive me. It was just a moment of, you know, of pettiness. I was just like, wait, oh, Pastor Adeboye has children. How? <laughs> he must have been praying and then one fell from heaven. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes when you revere people so much, you can't just even imagine them, you know, having anything natural in their life, you know. Or Bishop Oedepo. But listen, one of the most powerful things in any generation is an example. When God raises someone from among you, his haircut is similar to your own. His dressing is similar to your own. 
and God is using him powerfully. In him, you see what your life can be. And let me tell you something. In the realm of the spirit, is not a small thing at all. Sight is a powerful medium of education. In the natural realm, you learn, you know, by studying. In the realm of the spirit, sight is enough. Sight is enough. When you see someone do what you are born to do, it ignites something in you. It ignites something in you. The day Peter sees Jesus walking on water, his life will never be the same again. For some of you, just seeing me is enough for you. I'm telling you. After this program, your life will not be the same again. It, it's, it's very powerful. The right environment, the right examples, that Saul finds himself in the company of prophets and prophesies. Sometimes God just needs to bring someone around you who is doing what you are destined to do, and that will stir up in you. You might have been praying before. When you see Jesus pray, you come. He says, teach us to pray. It stirs up a new hunger for a deeper dimension in God. Sometimes all you need is the right example. Are you with me? I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do, to spark something in your life. But at the same time, it's not only Jesus. The people he has sent, it takes understanding. It takes training to receive them. Are you aware my coming here, you know, sparked up a lot of conversations? You know, they posted a video. Well, in my defense, the person who posted the video, <laughs> you know, probably shouldn't have. But the person did it innocently. And sometimes people can just discern motive. Because people see things differently. The reason I said they shouldn't have posted the video is not because it's even wrong. It's just because you know people. <laughs> and people are wondering, why are they opening the door for him? As if my hand is paining me, I can't open the door for myself. <laughs> you know the funny thing? If those same people saw a video of whiskey, they wouldn't have minded. <laughs> they wouldn't have minded. Because we have a problem with our perspective, especially when it is something spiritual, someone spiritual. If Jesus is going to be the Son of God, he has to come from a certain type of family, look a certain type of way, dress a certain type of way. But that's not true. Paul says that your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Sometimes God will wrap treasure in a simple vessel. Simple. 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 And it's going to take discernment and understanding so that you can receive what God has for you. Come on, are you ready to receive what God has for you? I said that to say this. Let me tell you this. For, this might not be for everybody, but for, for those of you who will believe. God said to me, he said, the grace on your life is a prototype grace. He says, anyone who looks on it and believes will attract it in his or her own life. The Lord said, I, I have blessed you so that in you and through you, 
others who have a like type of vision and ministry will be encouraged to do the same. He says, if what, he says, whatever they honor in your life, they are attracting theirs. And that's just the way the Lord works. You probably have expected, you know, by God's grace, our church is about 6,000 members strong. You would have expected the pastor of such a church to have a deeper voice. And maybe a bigger frame. And then as, as if it's not enough that I'm young, I now look younger than my age. I'm like, God. <laughs> and my, from my studies, if you know the God of the Bible, he does it on purpose. He likes to make his children unlikely. So that those who receive them will have to receive them through spiritual sight. He likes to wrap and hide treasures in unlikely places. Oh, I'm telling you. So that at the end of the day, when people see the glory, when people see the results, they will know without a shadow of doubt, this can only be God. Come on, are you with me? Because if David was a giant, it won't be a story worth telling that he killed Goliath. said if David was a giant it won't be a story worth telling that he killed Goliath God could have raised the giant he could have done that now I said this on Sunday I want to repeat it just imagine you were a Philistine and you hear that oh my people are warring against Israel you won't even think there's anything to bother about we have Goliath who can challenge Goliath when you hear Goliath is challenging them you know for sure that there is nobody in Israel that can beat Goliath. This was what God was warning the prophet about when he went to anoint a king. He was looking at frame, figure. You know, that was the same way they chose Saul. The Bible says Saul was taller than everybody. Listen, the arms of flesh will fail. No matter how tall you are, you can't be taller than Goliath. You will meet Goliath one day. And it will take more than your physical advantage. Are you listening to me? No matter how great you think you are, you will find a man with six fingers one day. This is what God was trying to teach Samuel as he was anointing. He says, men look on the outward appearance, not God. God looks on the heart. I've rejected Eliab. I've rejected all these people. And then he chose David. Atala manderebakaya. Everybody saw a giant. David saw a man without covenant. <laughs> as big as you are, you don't know God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares defy the army of the Lord? Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? See, he didn't present his credentials to Goliath. He presented covenants. To Saul... He presented credentials. He said, I've killed a lion and a bear. Because Saul will never allow him to face Goliath because he said, I can do it by the grace of God. Mm -mm. You have to show history. Are you getting what? Some of us need to understand that balance. Some of us need to know when to bring out credentials and when to rely solely on the Lord. Before Goliath, he didn't say, I've killed a lion before. He didn't say that. He didn't say, 
have killed a bear before. He didn't say that. He said, you come against me with a spear and with a sword. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose armies you have defied. Are you learning something here? But now, I want to tell the story from the standpoint of the Philistines. You are waiting for the news. This is not social media era. They don't have Twitter. They don't have Instagram. You only know that they won the battle when they come back. And maybe you are not even petrified. You are not even bothered. I mean, this is a walk in the park. We're going to win. It's not even close. But then you hear sound. The Philistine army, they are running back. They are not running back rejoicing. No. They are running back with terror. And you're like, ah, what happened? They now say, we lost. What? How? Where is Goliath? He's dead. Ah. You now say, wow. So Israel had a bigger giant. We didn't know that they had a giant too. They now say, they have no giant too. So who killed Goliath? Wow, he must be a very brave soldier. He was not a soldier. Oh, ah, ah. Just a young boy. Ah, he must be a genius. They must have been teaching him swordmanship since he was a child. He didn't use a sword. What? And then you ask, tell me, how was Goliath killed? They say, with a stone. Hey! Listen, it would have been testimony enough that they killed Goliath. But what made the story special was how. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't forget the title of the sermon, Simple Power. How God uses simple people with a simple message to do extraordinary. What made the story special was how. You killed Goliath like you would kill a bird. You used catapult for Goliath. Wow. When you hear that, you know there must have been a force behind David. This is, this is not human strength. Read your Bible well. That's how God picks men. When he wants to do something in your life, he will do something that would defeat your mind. When you look at the vision that God has given you, you know that even, even with all this support of your lineage, you can't achieve it by human strength. So when he brings you to the end of yourself, you start learning how to trust him because you know that the resources will not come from anywhere. The arm of flesh will fail. It's almost as if God picks the direct opposites of the type of people, physical advantage-wise, to do what he's meant to do. So now, I need a, I need a prophet. Hmm. Who do I pick? I'm going to pick a stammerer, Moses. How do you pick a stammerer to be a prophet? Because naturally, when you are preparing your CV, you will never put it that you are eloquent. But God will say, it is that very weakness. Are you in church? It is that very weakness that I will use to display my strength. You are a stammerer, you will talk for a living. 
I'm teaching you simple principles of the power of God. If you are here, you have a call and you've been running. You're not alone. Read your Bible. Go and read Moses when God called him. He was giving an excuse. He said, use someone else. God was persuading him. How would they believe? They won't believe. God said, drop your rod. He turned to a serpent. Pick it up. At the end of the conversation, the Bible says God was angry. Which <laughs> You must go. When God called Jeremiah, Jeremiah invented pidgin English. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But look at it. See, Jeremiah was the first person to say, ah. Read it. L let me show it to you. Jeremiah chapter 1. I didn't plan to say all this, but you know, but <laughs> if I say, I wish I had enough time, if people will come from... <laughs> No, God said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Verse 5. Verse 6. Everybody read together, want to go. Then said I, ah, Lord God. <laughs> <It's>, ah. <laughs> I cannot speak because I'm a child. Where I come from, when adults are talking... When politics is being discussed, they send children from the living room. And now you're telling me that you're sending me as a prophet to build, to plant, to root out, to pull down. Ah, Lord God. And God corrects him. Say not that you are a child. For you will speak all the words that I have given to you. And the Bible says the Lord pointed his finger and touched his lips. I'm telling you, the hand of God is about to touch you in this meeting. <laughs> if you have a call to preach, whatever your call is, something, you go touch everybody in this meeting. Do you understand? If you have a call to preach, I want to tell you something with all sense of humility. I have a grace. When it comes to producing ministers, it's a grace. Not just by training, but impartation. And so if God brings me your way, you can't be the same again. Don't you understand? I'm telling you, the same way God touched Jeremiah's lips, he's about to touch your lips. Yeah. You will just discover that from today, when you preach, the hearts of men will burn. You have been saying before will have a different effect. I'm telling you, a different effect by the power of the Holy Ghost. Say amen like you believe. Say amen like you believe. Say amen like you believe. He like says, Say not that you are a child. It starts with that when you are called, you must stop seeing yourself simple. Oh. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ordinary. Say, I'm not ordinary. Come on, say, I'm not ordinary. Hey, say, I carry something. I carry something. He says, God uses foolish things to confound the wise. 
foolish things. Foolish things. And then he says, where is the wisdom of the wise? Where are the scribes? Where are they? Where are they? Where are they? You know, when I think about this, I, I just remember my life. I joke about this, but it's no joke at all. When I was growing up, you know, when you see someone like me, the kind of stuff that God is using us to do, you think, ah, you know, you know there's an argument that leaders are born. <laughs> that he, he, was, he was like that from a child. It's not true. Growing up, even class captain, they did not give me. <laughs> class captain. I remember in JS2, they said we were going to vote. And that previous class captains will also have a vote. So I went to a previous class captain. Do you know, do I forgive you? <laughs> when I told him I want you to vote for me, he just laughed. He said, I just want you to know I will never vote for you. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, ah, what did I do to this boy? He just, you know. When it was time to choose prefects, I saw the nomination. My name was not there. So I said, maybe, let's, maybe the principal forgot. Let me go and talk to him privately. That, ah, what did you so I went to his office. Mr. Adebayo. See, it's not that I'm holding them in my heart, oh. I just remember their names. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I really think that I can be a prefect in this good school. I prefer if he said no. <laughs> Mr. Adebayo laughed. <laughs> just imagine, you come serious. Of course, you can imagine that day, I ironed my cloth extra well. The gators can slice bread, you know? <laughs> you know? And he just went there, sir, I believe. And then just imagine, he just listens to me. But <laughs> that was what happened. Ordinary for the most part of my life. Until I came to a meeting like this. Listen, I believe with all my heart that one meeting can change lives. I wish I had one week with you, but just tonight and tomorrow morning, just watch it. Now, I'm a product of many graces. God has used many people to bless me, but it all started one night. And you know, you know how they just invite you. I was, I, I was from a religious home, but I was never really that church guy. So I was new on campus. They said, ah, they are having an evangelism program. Come on. And I was just like, okay. Nice praise, worship, everything. Then one guy comes in. He puts his hands on the lactin like this. Does the mic this way. Looks at all of us and says, are you ready? And all of us said, Yes. And then, all of a sudden, something hit me. It was the power of God. For the first time in my life, I fell under the power. You know me, I was probably those people saying, hmm, what's the people falling? <laughs> Years before, there was a church I attended. And I observed something strange. As this woman of God was laying hands on people, she would roll them, roll them, roll them. 
is either you are dizzy and you fall. I'm ashamed. I should probably shouldn't be saying this, but I'm sorry. In reality, this was my experience. Or after she rolls you, rolls you, rolls you, she will now put your leg. She now put leg. And she will, ah, ah. So me, I was, I, <laughs> I told my wife, I said, guy, you didn't see what's going to happen. <laughs> I said, I didn't see you. I said, we'll show this woman today. <laughs> so we're playing along. She would roll us, roll us, roll us, roll us, roll us. When she put her leg like this, we would jump. I was mischievous. <laughs> you don't understand. I said, God changed my life. <laughs> we also <laughs> gave ourselves high five in church. Bah, like, this man no serious. After a while, Juma just says, you know. Uh, and <laughs> so when the same me, you know how some people make funny jokes about falling under the power? They say, why don't, doesn't the cameraman, cameraman fall? Because it's not jazz. It's not jazz. You fall likely when you're ready to receive. God knows camera is expensive. He knows. He knows. <laughs> the spirit is intelligent. <laughs> he knows. And even then, sometimes, even in our meetings, some people still struggle. I remember boot camp, Abuja, I just noticed, hey, 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 little lady, who, I said, come down, come down, come down, come down. Camera, that will save money that year. Uh, no. Don't end the service, oh. If the camera fall like this, I'll say, ah, virtue has left me. I, I can't preach again. I can't come back tomorrow. <laughs> Let me go and cry first. <laughs> on me. The same me that would the same leg and be jumping. Something came on me. Bam! I was on the floor. By the time they tapped me like this, it was time to share the grace. I missed the whole program. The, I don't know what they preached. Pinned me down. So they tapped me. I woke up. <laughs> Probably felt a little bit embarrassed. So they woke me up that day, it's time to share the grace. Hold the people by your side. So they said, ah. And they held me, and the two of them fell. So I was like, ah, which kind of drama be this? And I don't start again. Do you understand? Two other people held me and fell. That's when I looked at my hand, you know, and then I noticed I was vibrating from inside. If you don't know what I'm saying, don't worry. In this meeting, <laughs> I was vibrating. My teeth were clanging like this. I, I was returning to the hostel. We had shared the grace. And I was, for you to know how unserious I was, when I entered my room with all my other roommates and just greeted them, they laughed. They said, wait till they do this one. <laughs> because they could never picture me serious. <laughs> so it was after like four days, they say. These guys changed though. A drastic change. Wrong appetites died, everything, you know. Then a voracious hunger for prayer, 
for the word of God. I was using all my pocket money to buy books. Don't try this at home. <laughs> and that's how I got here. The Lord told me that there are at least three ordinary people. <laughs> he said, what came on you, 2006, will come on them. Yeah. He says, and they will never be the same again. Yeah. Say amen like you believe. Say amen like you believe. Say amen like you believe. <laughs> I'm telling you. You will see. You will see. You will see. Speak in tongues for 10 seconds. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. The reason why I'm trying to teach is because when I leave you, it doesn't matter how many miracles you receive now. In the next five years, you probably need another one because human needs are basically insatiable. But if I leave you with the word, then I know for sure that your life will never be the same again. Do you understand what I'm saying? I literally can come here. I don't need to preach. I can just start activating and start ministering to people. That's even simpler. All right? But I want to leave you with a foundation. Let me tell you something. It is not a true apostolic visit except there is teaching. Because he gave some apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of ministry. So if you are not trained in the word, that's not apostolic ministry. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must be left with patterns to follow in the word so that what you receive will be consistent. You know, you can receive something and after a while it dwindles. But when there is a system to the fire, a theology to the manifestations, you then know Samson knew what to do to stir up the power. He only needed to shake himself. Come on, are you with me? So there is a system to the power when you understand the word of God. And that's what you need. Hallelujah. So, turn your Bibles quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 26. If I can't finish this, <laughs> because I was supposed to do Simple people, simple message today. And then tomorrow, do simple mandates. So I wanted to do people, message, and mandates. Come on, are you with me? First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Some of you, this is the story of your life. It says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Just think about where God brought you from. Think about who you are now and where you're coming from. Just think about what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were noble by birth. 
Everybody read verse 27 together. One, two, go. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Do you understand what you just read? He says, look at your call. God doesn't look at your background to choose. God doesn't look at your academic qualification to choose. You don't write an IQ test. You don't do any of those things. So what does God do then? He tells you that God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So when they see these men who normally by profession are fishermen speaking the word of God with boldness, the Bible says they knew they must have been with Christ. This kind of boldness, we can't attribute it to academic exposure. Something else happened here. How are these fishermen so bold? They must have been with Christ. God, verse 28, chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things. And let me add, despised people. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that everybody read verse 29 as loud as you can. One, two, go. Read it again. Read it again. Aha. Aha, aha. He did it to prove a point. It says so that no flesh will glory in his presence. Let me tell you something. You know, a lot of people really struggle with pride. I don't really have as much struggle. I'm, listen, I'm not trying to be presumptuous. I'm not trying to say every man is, is, you know, tempted with pride, of course. But maybe the struggle is not as much. Because when I see what God is doing in my life, I know <laughs> human intelligence cannot produce it so when it is beyond you it will humble you are you getting what I'm saying he says so that no flesh will glory in his presence come on talk to me are you with me again I say to you God uses simple people to do powerful things let me show you something you probably never noticed stand up Matthew, stand up, Pastor Paul. Stand up, Pastor David. Now, the Jews knew God historically as the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. Isn't that true? God chose Abraham. He says, follow me. Go to a land I will show you. I will make of thee a great nation. So he was one person. God said he was going to make of him many people. So Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Isaac gave birth to Jacob, whose name was later changed to what? And that was the origin of the nation Israel as we know it. Are you following? So from one man, God formed the nation. But guess what? You probably didn't notice. All three of them had one thing in common. They had many other things. All of them lied. Are you, not, are you aware they, all, they were all liars? Anyway, but that's a conversation for another day. There was something they had in common. Abraham's wife was barren. Are you aware? Yes, Isaac's wife was barren. Are you aware? Yes, Jacob's wife, Israel's wife was barren. Are you aware? Yes, Do you think it was a coincidence? God wants to form a nation 
but just to humble Abraham so that he won't say, well, before in our lineage, we usually, do you understand? <laughs> Normally, check my brothers, we usually have seven children. By providence, he ensured that he was going to form a nation from a generation of people who chose barren wives. Are you getting this? That no flesh will glory in his presence. No flesh. He wanted to do it miraculously. So that any right-thinking Jew who knows the scriptures will look back and say, Ah, I'm a Jew by faith, not by right. Not by just natural genealogy. Listen, Abraham believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. I am a child of Abraham by the miraculous working of God, not by anything else. Therefore, for me to truly, genuinely be a child of Abraham, I must be a person of faith. Because literally, my existence is a miracle. God bless you. Please be seated. So now, look at how Paul explains this to the church at Rome. In Romans chapter 9, very quickly, oh my God. Even if we end here, that's okay. Are you in Romans chapter 9? Come on, are you in Romans chapter 9? Let's start from verse 11. All right, let's start from verse 9. For the word of the promise, for this is the word of the promise, at this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, verse 10, but Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. So Sarah was barren. Rebekah had the same problem. Now, he now talks about the children. Oh my God. Now listen. You know what God is doing? Powerful mandates, simple people. Even when Rebecca gave birth and had two boys, normally the inheritance should go to the first, right? But God, just to prove, just to prove that when it is his work, it is never by right, it is never by effort. He said, the older shall serve the younger. He says that God's purpose according to election might stand. Not God's purpose according to merits. I'm introducing you to the God of the Bible. Listen, the reason I'm saying this is because as we have emphasized spiritual devotion, we have idolized it. A lot of people have idolized it. They think that their prayer life is what gives them rights to the destiny that God chose for them before they were born. We are a people of prayer. I told you you're going to pray tomorrow, right? But I, there is a balance you must understand. Prayer will only help you press into what is already yours. You know, there are some things, well-meaning phrases we have crafted. Phrases like moving the hand of God. Moving, mm-mm, mm-mm. You cannot move the hand of God to do what is not consistent with his plan for your life. You cannot. So now, when you trace the entire lineage of the Jews, you see that all the people God used, it wasn't by merit that God's purpose according to election might stand. Listen, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and jumping because of time. Come on, are you with me? Yes, Verse 14. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Verse 15. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy 
On who? What? Uh-huh. And compassion, what? Verse 16, read it as loud as you can want to go. So then it is not of he that, nor of he that what? But of God that does what? Simple people, powerful God. Let me tell you something. You know, in our culture, when you ask someone, how are you able to do all that you're doing? And the person says, it's God. You say, mm, you have started. You think the person is being modest. Because at the end of the day, the person is actually diligent. The person is actually studious. But I want to assure you before God, even if you can never arrive at God's destiny for your life without diligence, you will never be able to 100% attribute the successes of your life in God to diligence. So then, it is not of he that wills, nor of he that runs. You see, Solomon said, I have observed a pattern under the sun, that the race is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. Bread, not, bread is not to men of skill. Those of you who have graduated, you know, who felt miserable that you were not having the grace that you wanted, 10 years after, you will realize that life has a different set of rules. That somehow some people who were doing so well are not really finding their footing. And that dollar in the class, just by favor, he's doing so well. And everybody is surprised. And nobody cares if you finish with 4.5 or 1.5. At the end of the day, can you feed your family? Do you get what I'm saying? I'm explaining grace. In all your teaching on prayer, in all your teaching on fasting, in all your teaching on consecration, understand this, the greatest principle of power is purpose. That when God says, I have called you. Uh, <laughs> when God says, I have called you, I will put my spirit upon you. I will cleanse you. I will aid you in your purpose. That's the most important thing. Every other thing is now, for instance, in Acts chapter 13, when God says, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereon to have called them, then you now pray. They, they prayed after that. Isn't that true? They prayed to prepare. Some of us, we have it in reverse. We have already decided where we want to go. Then we are praying, trying to get God to bless what we have decided to do. Instead of trying to do what God is blessing we are trying to get God to bless what we are doing. Success becomes effortless when first and foremost you are sure that that dream, that plan is really God's plan, not your own. Are you listening to me? Simple people, simple message, great mandates. <laughs> with all your disqualifications, with all your frailties, with all your shortcomings, hear me now. By the time God is through with you, <laughs> don't you understand who God is? When he wanted to make man, he didn't use spare parts. He went to the ground, picked clay, molded it, breath into man. He breathed into man and immediately he became a living being. It is that kind of person that calls. When he wants to call you, 
You don't tell him, oh, I, I have this habit that won't go. Do you, do you know the power, has power of the Holy Ghost taught you before? Are you ready for God in this meeting? Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the message and the mandate. But for now, I just want you to understand, no matter how low you are in degree, when God lifts you up, gives you an assignment, you cannot be stopped. And I'm here to announce to you, you're about to be sponsored supernaturally. To do all that God will have you do. God is about to give you supernatural capital. Listen, receive this prophetically. You will run and not be tired. Scientifically, only birds fly. Human beings don't fly. But God said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings. Meaning by supernatural advantage, people will see things in your life that are not consistent with the ordinary. Who are these that fly? How can a man be flying so much? How can he experience so much speed? Because when you were waiting, people thought you were foolish. You were waiting. You were praying, they thought you were foolish. Because other people were going, you were waiting. But listen, he said, what will happen? You will mount up with wings. Something is coming on you that will empower you to outrun chariots. Let every divine vision be sponsored. Let every dormant gift be activated. Let every divine vision be sponsored. Let every dormant gift be activated. Listen to me as I round off. God told John when he was looking for Jesus, he said, the person on whom you see the spirit descend, that's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. In a meeting like this, the anointing separates people with an extraordinary call. And I'm telling you, the glory of God is about to expose you to your world. By the glory of God, people will begin to look at you different. Because the same baptism everybody was going to, you, it was your turn. The heavens opened. The spirit descended. The voice of God, like a, you know, thundered from the skies. This is my beloved son. Hear him. You that you have been trying to advertise yourself before, God will begin to advertise you. He will shout from the sky for everyone who cares to listen. This is my daughter. This is my son. This is my daughter. Listen, didn't you hear what I said? Many people, when they want to start a business, they pick a centerpiece property close to the bus stop so that they can easily be noticed. But when you are Jesus, even if you are in the manger, listen, a star will lead people to you. I'm speaking to you prophetically. 
you are stepping into a season of supernatural advertisements. This meeting is a proof of what I'm saying. Some of you I had never met before have seen me in your dream. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Supernatural negotiations. People you would have been struggling to persuade. Peter will never have gone to Cornelius' house. But he saw a dream three times. Three times. Three times. Let supernatural negotiations begin to happen in your life. Angels will start talking to people about you. People in a position to favor you will start dreaming about you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. After this meeting, she will just discover, ah, I can do it. You will just discover, ah, the fear is gone. The fear is gone. You are receiving an impartation for boldness. I said you are receiving an impartation for boldness. And strange favor is coming on you. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.